You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share bad. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the Good luck! Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000! My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM and all those wonderful places on the internet like Spotify. I am Kean, and for his grand return, for which I hope Dara adds trumpet sounds on too, it's... You can't keep a good thing down. <laughs> home, not even homelessness could stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I live and I live in me. <laughs> It's Kev. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> if if Dara could just add some dramatic swells there. I not I'm sure he has nothing else to do. Why not? Definitely. Yeah, nothing else. Nothing else. Even though he's flying back from Paris for it's it's the second month. This is already like the third trip to Europe he's taken. Like he's yeah. definitely got nothing better than to edit and fanfare for me. Oh, but uh, it's a pleasure to have you back. I'm sorry that you missed the the kind of movies wrap up last week. But before we get into what, well, why? Okay. Like that's yeah. Why are we talking about last year's movie when the best movie of this year has already come? And you gone? have segued me into the headlines. Yes, we're going to cover the surprise hit of the year so far, which is Puss in Boots. We're going to talk some 2022 TV and some uh, shared video games like Fire Emblem we've been ta- playing, but. Before we just get into that, uh, I hope you survived Christmas, obviously. Just about, just about. Um, survived homelessness. Survived homelessness. Uh, turkey sandwiches were a lifeline. That's, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, just for, for context, yeah, I was away from the show because I, the lease left on my house, but we've landed. I now live two counties over and things are really nice and quiet here. Um I found a, I found an otter crossing and that's been just bliss for me. <laughs> like that's just the, the idea of you have to stop your driving so that otters can cross the road is something that just... <laughs> if you hear it's, strange it's a, it's a nature joy. sounds or uh, someone shouting Newgrange in the background, it's all I normal stuff. Worried. It's just Can't me. be worried. Can't be worried. Just me. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we will discuss the local colour more as we go along. Uh, I was delighted to hear that you have seen... Puss in Boots, which we'll talk about now. It is the new, for lack of a better term, DreamWorks Shrek film, which I was surprised to find out was actually a sequel, not a prequel to the Shrek films. Uh, so, Kev, why don't you give us a quick, like, very basic, spoiler-free rundown of the proceedings before we chat about it? Well, that's, yeah, for the record, because it's, it, it's also like a sequel to the original Puss in Boots movie, which I have not watched. 
Uh, I've seen it. It's 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 okay. It's yeah. like it's it's got a nice sort of like Spanish Western type feel to it, but okay. it wouldn't change your life. It's no Shrek two, like you know. It's oh, funny. what is except for maybe yeah. this? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's so like I think like that's full up. You know, probably don't have to watch any of the other movies to get this. But the entire premise of it is Puss in Boots. If you've watched any of the Shrek movies, not he's always been kind of fearless and always kind of like. Uh, a, a man of or a, a cat of adventure <laughs> and daring do um, and this movie with an intro sequence that literally talks about how he spits in the face of death <laughs> <laughs> um, comes to the conclusion that he actually mortality is something that is very real and very present and coming for him and it's it's a movie about him kind of accept about Puss and Boots accepting and fearing death <laughs> Mm. in a way that is very viscerally real like in it, it, like dreamworks i think dreamworks are having a bit of a turnaround but like from the studio that like it it, it reminds me of something like kung fu panda 2 okay Actually, i'm of, afraid i haven't I, seen that one unfortunately oh it's very very good where the first one is hey here's jack black as a as a panda that, that learns kung fu uh that like is fun, but is also a kids' movie that only kind of harkens back to to, to Chinese kung fu movies. Uh, the second one is about how he is a survivor of a genocide, right? <laughs> and, and and dealing Ooh. with the, and dealing with the war criminal that does that. So like it's that similar sort of tone shift where the first one, as I said, was kind of like just a just a rompy kind of western. This one, death is chasing this cat. <laughs> Yes, actually, uh, I'm glad you brought that aspect up because we're kind of used to DreamWorks by now. DreamWorks have been kind of a bit quiet for the last few years, uh, but um, maybe, it's, well, How Train Your Dragon was huge, obviously. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, we're kind of used to DreamWorks being kind of glib, like, you know, sort of there was, there was a, humor and kind of quippy. Yeah, there was then. a solid few years where they were just seeming to kind of like be the cheap alternative to Disney, even like after their kind of heyday was reckoned that. Yeah. They seem to just try to seem to be cashing in. Mm. But this recently they seem to have taken a turn because I although I didn't watch it. Did you did you watch uh, their last one? I think it's called The Bad Guys. No, but I've I've read the books and I've heard wonderful things. I wasn't actually aware this was a DreamWorks thing, actually, which leans into our next point, which mm. is the animation style was mm. so different. I assumed it was something different. It was, wasn't was a DreamWorks thing. And watching this film, I genuinely thought, hang on, have they outsourced this to Laika? You know, the Coraline, like people, Kubo and the Two Strings. I, I, not... I, I talked to my brother. Apparently there are Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse animators on this. That is right. Gives it, which gives it that sort of, for lack of a better word, janky kind of stop motion yeah. feel to it, you know? It, I wouldn't say stop motion. I think... Like, no, but like I, I'm not missing yeah. in combat for some things. You yeah, know? it's it's that kind of it's very heavily cell shaded, and they'll chop. Like I'm not an animator by any means, but it seems like they kind of chop the frame rate at like specific times to add that momentum. And mm. like 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 it, it's very comparable to Spider Verse and what Sony uh, animation pictures are doing with the Spider Verse and the Mitchells, Mitchells versus the Machines movies, mm. where everything's got that like such a rubber band feeling to it. Uh, that it just all flows. It's so, so pretty. And again, like if, if DreamWorks are deciding that Sony animation is what they want to copy from now on, 
they, hey, I'm all here for it. Like in a in a in an industry where animation is being suffocated mm. nowadays, uh, DreamWorks doing this is a breath of fresh air. It's so so heartening. I uh, I completely agree. And like even because even before kind of you stated the premise very well. But even before it gets to that, like, uh, from the perspective, like, Puss in Boots was very noticeably, like, smaller mm. in the way he was framed and stuff. Like, when you watch the first Puss in Boots, which you did before watching this, everything is just kind of the height of Puss in Boots. So he just kind of looks like like a person. Yeah. But then, but then in this big opening scene, he's surrounded by, like, uh, an entire, like, castle. Village of people. Of people. And he's clearly cat-sized. Cat. Yeah. And like all of the the whole film is all about kind of big daunting things, and he looks more like a cat. And I'm not sure if it's something if it's just the scale or something they've done with the eyes, but yeah, it's it's it definitely feels like they've completely changed course because like oh, they, no they, one this... was in like like you said earlier, no yeah. one was in like genuine emotional peril in the Shrek films or anything like that, you know. Yeah, no, well, for a start, like, there's definitely, it's, as a, with, along with the animation itself, it's a full model overhaul. Like, if you put this next side by side with the Shrek 2 Bust Boots, they're two different people. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it just, which actually, one thing I do want to say, if you're not fully sold on the movie, uh, DreamWorks have put the first 10 minute sequence on YouTube for free. Really? And if you, okay. ne- if you, if you don't watch the movie, watch that because that is what it's, it's the, it's one of the highlights and, okay. and everything. And like, uh, it's so many different things. And the music is also incredible. It's that very Spanish mariachi kind of high energy acoustic guitar mm. sound. Oh yeah. They open with a song. Underlands. Yeah. Yeah. The musical numbers. I also, again, did like I, I heard about it, but I didn't look into it before going into it. And like, even though it suffers from big name celebrities as a voice cast, still a very good voice cast. I was standing there in the credits and I was like, oh, that was Florence Pugh. And that was you, Olivia that Coleman. That was what I was about to say. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to figure out Olivia Coleman as the, the mama bear for the longest yeah. time. The, and the, like, the, the dad I was did, Ray I Winston. I clocked that though, They're all putting on really good voices. Oh, no. Like, that's, again, I would, if, like, listening to them, I didn't guess that. Yeah. The dad was Ray Winston, and I caught that immediately. Yeah, 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 doing yeah, Ray yeah. Winston. <laughs> I mean, he does he does one thing very well. Why not, like... <laughs> Keep going. He's, he's um, going to be a good bear, like... But even I, that actually is lovely, because, like, the to compare it to the first Puss in Boots, they kind of have... They have Jack and Jill as like just a sort of standard, like kind of like Bonnie and Clyde type villains. But like, I really liked uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears in this. Oh yeah, and, no, they, like there's so they much heart in yeah. their like journey and all that kind of stuff. And is it Little Jack Horn, Big Jack Horn, Big Jack Horn, John Mulaney's Big Jack Horn, the most evil man on the planet? It's just so fun. It's such an obscure like. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> character to bring in, and they make that the joke. Oh uh, and... no! What my my absolute favorite? Uh, I don't know who actually voices him, but the Jiminy Cricket doing the the Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, I, you know, I oh. I don't know. If this is have you ever I, considered? I have have like you ever like considered Crosby type thing? <laughs> have you ever considered what friendship might do? I just <laughs> it's such a it's such a weird pull for a kids animation movie. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, it's like because every Shrek property has to make fun of Disney. 
Yeah. So getting obviously all the like without spoiling too much, you get a lot of Disney prop humor. Oh yeah. And then you get the cricket and you're like, okay, that that's that's a not too distracting amount. Especially yeah. considering this film's about a wish. You might as well lean into the as much Pinocchio stuff without Pinocchio, because he's already here. Although he does have a cameo. <laughs> he does have a cameo. <laughs> yeah, and actually that's another thing as well, which is they're clearly kind of trying to for lack of a better term, MCU, the Shrek universe. Yeah. You know this what I is, mean? It's, it's a, no, it's a lead Disney. up. Yeah. Shrek and Donkey aren't in this and all them, but like you do get the sense they're kind of on the fringes. Yeah. I think they yeah. like, there's been like outside of like the movie universe, there's been like, there's been murmurs of a Shrek 5 for years now. Yeah. And I think this was like a testing the waters. Do people still feel in the Shrek universe? And yeah. I'll be honest, I would like, Shrek's three and four were dire. To, I actually get, quite like Shrek four. I if you I, if you pretend Shrek three doesn't exist, Shrek four is a pretty decent Return of the Je- Jedi for the Shrek movies. Do you know what? Now that I remember, I think we've had this conversation. And we I have. Because I because I, I remember are, being like, are, no, Shrek. We are Shrek, ancient old men repeating the same things because <laughs> I think we're over. I think what it landed on was I was like, no, Shrek four was bad. It had this, this, and this. That you were like, that's Shrek three. I was like. No, because yeah. Shrek 3 was also bad. You were like, that's also Shrek 3. It was just a bad Yeah. Movie. I mean, it's very considerate of the Shrek franchise to put all this bad stuff into one skippable film. <laughs> but yeah, I think like if if this is the sort of team that they're working with, I think a Shrek 5, again, if they do, if, if they keep a similar team with this depth of writing, a, a Shrek with this animation style yeah. would be, I just love to see that as like a proof of concept. Uh, oh, totally. I, like again i feel like this is if dreamworks know what they're doing they'll they can cash in by just trying at least more than the bare minimum right now yeah uh, but i think like they're they're really putting a lot of effort in and i hope they kind of keep that up and don't just get complacent mm. because they they could produce some absolute bangers and this is one of them yeah, because what are what are the the uh, DreamWorks properties? Kung Fu Panda, Kung Fu Panda, How to Train Dragon. Dragon. Um, any any other big ones? Oh, they're definitely Shark is. Tale. Oof. And... <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, Into the, the Wild. Into the Wild. <laughs> I don't remember that one. It, it was hey, remember uh, Madagascar. Oh, there was a bit that, of bear, was it? I, I don't know. I never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean, though. It's like, like for a long time, DreamWorks had the signature style. Where you look at it and you go, oh, that's a DreamWorks thing. And it's like such a commonplace animation thing that even mm. the likes of Coco Melon kind of looks like DreamWorks now. Yeah. Uh, no, I think they're... To be fair, they invented the style. You can't take that away from them. But, like, no. you know. <laughs> no, I think they're, like, it's... As I said, I think they've they're they're definitely trying something new. Seeing what Sony, who kind of are on, I who I'd say are like on top of the game right now, um, maybe maybe under Disney, but that's because Disney Disney's the monolith. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think like they they seem to be kind of like taking the trends, and the trends right now are very good for big budget animation movies yes. when they come up. Yeah, I really hope this one does well. Like, I mean, I don't want, like, you mentioned Disney. 
Uh, obviously, I'd want something a bit more obscure, like say, what was it, Mitchell and the Machines? Was it Mitchell's versus the Machines? Mitchell's versus the Machines. I like kind of, even though I know that's a Sony type thing, and like it's just picking a different monolith to root for. I still like variety, and I thought Puss in Boots was really different, and mm. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And the cinema I was in was packed and laughing the whole way through, and my three year old was like alert the whole time watching it uh, and wanted to dress as Puss in Boots when she got home. So yeah, I think this is one of those films that is going to entertain adults as much as kids. And oh, yeah. you don't it, actually get that as many of those as you'd think, you know? No, it gets a blanket recommendation no matter what. Like that's bring your young kids to see it, bring your college friends to see it, bring your dad to see it. Like it's all around your bring just your a, cat. Bring your cat. It's just good. <laughs> it's just a good movie. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we may talk more about Puss in Boots as we go on. But last week uh, with Dara and Katie, I promised that we do some TV or streaming type picks of 2022. Uh, and actually, very helpfully, you have anime covered and that kind of stuff. I'm going to start uh, just by doing some kind of some of the more recent stuff. Have you seen mm-hmm. Wednesday yet? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I don't think it stood out particularly um it, like it was it was very much a fun fine romp i think it, it, it was better than i anticipated right but the bar was low <laughs> okay all right because like um not not to go into too much biographical detail but i work in drama and as such i work with quite a lot of like kind of teenagers and 20 somethings mm-hmm. and they loved it and me watching Wednesday, I liked it, but it made me feel very old. Kind of yeah. It wasn't being aimed at me in a very big way. And I just felt bad for the parents. That's, yeah. not, a, that's not a review. That's just a midlife crisis. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I, I liked it. I, it was, uh, for all the hype, it, like you said, it was kind of better than I expected. I thought it was very creative. It was a bit too... Riverdale for me it was still it was still kind of one of those sort of teen dramas with just a lot of style thrown at it yeah but for a Netflix show it had a real whiff of CW office that kind of thing yeah 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 like 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 the Sabrina and stuff which I know a lot of people like and stuff um so I think it, I, like I I was happy I think I was happy to see it because I'm truly always starved for good Adam family yes yeah uh, because yes. those animated movies are dire oh i haven't seen them okay oh, i watched the first one and i heard the second I didn't know one, was more worse. Than one there's two They're oh not great okay um but yeah so like I'm, I'm happy to see that i think louise guzman and uh oh Catherine zeta jones yeah great jobs as uh mortician gomez like it's yeah. it's, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's a great cast a point as well. It's cast yeah. top to bottom because Gwendolyn Christie is in there. Oh yeah, like you know, like uh, and uh, is it Jenny Jenny Ortega who plays Wednesday? She does a great job. Like yeah. it's it's really saying something. Like they were big shoes to fill with um, what's oh god, Christina Ricci, Christina Ricci, because yeah. that's like that Christina Ricci as Wednesday Adams is a perfect role. Like that's. I've watched those movies regularly and I yeah. can't falter. Her in the summer camp is true cinema. It's, but... Yeah, that, that's one of those films. If it's on, I'll just drop everything, including work. Yeah, uh, uh, but no, and... or Jenna Ortega does, does a stellar job. Like she, 
she fills that role solidly. Like they, yeah. she's got the deadpan. It works. No, I completely agree. And I think it's got, I was wondering, because like, I don't know if Jenny Ortega is a big name or not, uh, but I was wondering, is this another one of those, like the Queen's Gambit moments where like she's going to become a big star because of this, you know, because it I'm is seeing, a really big, great performance. In a, yeah, I'm seeing her name. Life. I'm seeing her name kicking around. Mm. Uh, so maybe was, was Anya Taylor? I think Anya Taylor Joy was around before the Queen's Gambit. She was, in, she was just, but like yeah. she was in things like the X-Men film that nobody saw. Like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, working with Edgar Wright stuff yet. Okay. I'm sure, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure she was great in them, but just in terms of like recognizability, like, you know. Oh, well, I mean, The Witch is a classic. She she works off that goat flawlessly. <laughs> I mean, Black Phillips a scene eater, but <laughs> you gotta have someone go toe to toe. All right. Uh, I'll keep going with the Netflix stuff just for now because it's the easiest. Uh, we already did an episode on this, but uh, another pick of 2022 for me was Sandman. Sandman was really good. Now, having no, I think we, we went over this, so we'll, we'll keep this brief. Yeah, we'll keep this brief. Not yeah. At least from my perspective, not having read the comic, I really enjoyed it. But the impression I got is that people are surprised at how well it adapted. Yes. Yeah. It's I, to be honest, I took about four episodes of convincing, which I know is a bit of a criticism because there's nine episodes, but, uh, but yeah, I was very impressed with, because I think unless it's something like the MCU, which I know this very much isn't Mm. when you hear something's being adapted, you're kind of like, all right, what's the catch? Like what's going to go? What are they going to change? What? And just due to the merits of format, you know, yeah. but yeah, it was surprisingly faithful and uh, very creatively realized. And the cast top to bottom, Gwendolyn Christie again, funnily enough, maybe she's got to deal with Netflix. Definitely. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, Tom Sturridge, Sturridge. Yes. Yeah. Stand it. Like that's, I, I was, I was a little bit on the fence when I saw him without hearing him, mm. but he has like that dropped octave voice. That I feel like that is an otherworldly being. <laughs> yes. And I've been waiting for him to break in for ages because I saw him on, um, I think I mentioned this in my last episode, there's a great BBC series mm. called The Hollow Crown, which is all the Shakespeare plays essentially done as Game of Thrones. And he yeah. was one of the kings and he was like the king in between Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hiddleston. Um, so yeah. like he was, he's been on their level for ages, but just no project has like broken him in. Yeah. So I was glad to see that happen for him. And it was, yeah, it was just, uh, as someone who reads the Sandman books once a year, I was very impressed with it. And it was also nice they dropped an extra episode like two weeks afterwards. It's it's like, something that I'm surprised we haven't seen more of from like yeah. history because it's, it's, it adds to the format of web-based content. It's that, it's the idea of just like chucking something, at, like dropping something at any time. Like, obviously, with big budget things, it's it's a lot to produce even an episode or yeah. something like that. So they obviously did all this as part of the main shoot. Yes. But it's it's something, I, again, it's something I'm not I'm surprised we don't see more of to kind of drum up hype or kind of, or break seasons. Yeah. Um, like, even kind of, out, like, outsourced kind of smaller projects or smaller kind of side stories and things like that. Again, Sandman itself works towards that format because it's like a pseudo anthology series. You can take snippets and do small self-contained stories. 
Okay, and actually, you've, uh, Jesus, you're reading my mind today. You've hit upon the next point. If by any chance Neil Gaiman or David S. Goyer or any of them are listening, uh, the only improvement I would make is that I felt that some of the episodes were straining to make chapters into 45, 50-minute episodes. Mm. Like even the cat and the story, The Dream of a Thousand Cats and the story of Calipoli were both put into like a 50 minute episode. And I just don't think there's a need. No, I don't five minute long and really say 18 of them. There's like, you don't again, your Netflix. That's it. You're, you're not constrained to television to, format, you know? Exactly. Like make, make an episode that's 40 minutes long and make an episode that's an hour 20. Yeah. What, what's stopping yeah. you? Stranger Things does it. And you invented Stranger Things. Sure. Why not? Exactly. Uh, Stop cancelling animation shows. <laughs> yes. Yes. Speaking of which, um, I also just want to say a few quick words about Cuphead Series 3. Still mm. amazing. I don't know how it keeps getting better. Please don't cancel that. Uh, the yeah. Devil is now our favorite fictional character in this house. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I, 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 hey, I think there's there's worse role models. <laughs> true, 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 true. If you haven't watched it, Kev, even just check out the two Christmas specials from Cuphead <laughs> Series 3. I may do. Delightful. I may uh, do. Uh, if, if if I may, I think I've I've got my big pulls from last year. Um, in I think the first first and foremost, I'd say best thing of TV last year was the finale of Better Call Saul. I haven't actually seen Better Call Saul, so I'd like you. Obviously, you can't tell me the whole thing, but no, it's it's give it's, me, it's give lengthy. me your sort of general overview of the last season. The last season, it's it's very much wrap up. Mm. But I think they they hit, considering everything that the show has been building towards mm. over the past, like over its five seasons, it starts, how the best was, it's the start of every season kind of had a, had what Saul, Saul or Jimmy, as you get to know him, was doing after the events of Breaking Bad. Right. Um, and you got to get snippets of that. And then four seasons of how he got there, what right. he did, how how he was established. So you're kind of working towards the beginning, like yeah, right. and that it's it's so masterful because it doesn't. Very quickly, you forget it's a seek a prequel to Breaking Bad. Okay, and you're just fully invested in like Jimmy and uh, frankly, the, the core is Jimmy and Kim's relationship. His ex, like. At like by the events of Breaking Bad, his ex-wife, right? Um, and just oh god, I can't. I'm blanking on her name, but Cam's actress is one of the greatest performances on television. Okay, just, all right, just just emotionally rich and so complicated, and knowing that she is in with the messiest man on the planet, <laughs> and rubber banding between between actually being sensible. And just going all the way in. It's masterful. Um, <laughs> but about halfway through the season, halfway through season five, uh, you catch up with you catch up with Breaking Bad. You get to the point where he is now Saul Goodman and he meets Jesse and Walt. So then you have the last five episodes of what the start of each season has been like peppering leading up right. to the events after. And it's very uh, I I don't I I know you don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to isn't it? Yeah, it's a great parallel. There's there's a very leopard can't change his spot story there. Right. Uh, Bob Odenkirk is is a joy. Um 
So like, yeah, it, like if you like Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, I think is better. I've heard that a lot. And actually I've been, because I, str- I much as mm. it's great as it is, I struggle to get through Breaking Bad and I just want to go to Saul, but I will. Uh, you can, hey, no, I'll tell you, you can jump in a Saul oh. without Breaking Bad. I think okay. you will get, I think you will get as much enjoyment out of Saul. It, it's very much, you'll get a lot knowing what happens in Breaking Bad. Right. But the, the the core of like the story of Better Call Saul is on like is unrelated for the most part. Okay, all right, that's that's quite a hard endorsement. I might do that tonight. Yeah. Then let's bounce yeah. one back and forth because I know you've got a few animes and yeah. stuff to recommend. Uh, uh, I'm gonna pick out a random one that no one seems to have talked about, which is The Devil's Hour. Did you hear of this one? No, no, this was. It was the biggest thing in the world for two weeks, and then it vanished, and everyone forgot it existed. It's uh, Peter Capaldi, uh, and it's on Prime Video. I'm going to look up the other wonderful actress name now. Uh, oh, wait, no. Do you know what? I know one, my dad watched this. He is oh, the really? Only, you and my dad are the only people that I've ever heard talk about this. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we need to sync up our, like, watch list or something. <laughs> it's Jessica Rain as the lead and Peter Capaldi, and it's... You look at the posters and you think it's going to be a crime drama, and then it isn't. It is, <laughs> right. It's the basic premise is that you've got Jessica Rain, who's like kind of a stressed out social worker. She's like taking care of her son on her own. It's all this kind of stuff. And then strange things start happening around the area, and a kind of wanted criminal played by Peter Capaldi gets captured. And then they start talking to each other, Capaldi and uh, Rain's character. And then strange things start happening and she starts getting like visions, a Mm -hmm. bit like, what was that American show? Medium? Visions of things that are going to happen and she starts to intercede with them. But the more she helps people, the more things go off the rail. And they keep you in the dark as to whether it's a crime thriller, a supernatural thing, or like a sci-fi thing all the way to the end and it's six episodes long and it's very very peculiar but it's one of the most interesting things i've seen in ages and it just like uh like my wife hates like kind of horror type stuff yeah but we blasted through this in two evenings because like just could not stop watching it and the whole thing is framed between uh the a bit like what you were saying about uh, better call Saul, actually the whole thing is framed between the conversation between the prisoner and the main character after most of the stuff has gone down. So you keep getting these back and forths about what it's building to. You keep getting these psychic visions about what's going to happen. It's it's a bit mind bending, but the character stuff is really, really good. And have I completely lost you? No, it actually sounds very, very interesting. Um, yeah, no, it's it's that it's that mystique. I like it when a show has the mystique of like, I'm not even sure what genre this is yes. until like the last quarter. That's um, it, exactly. And uh, yeah, as far as I can tell, it's a new writer, which I always like seeing, especially on a big platform. Like usually it's all very established people. Mm. It's very, very unusual, but it's it's not so incomprehensible that you can't follow it. And like, if you're paying attention, it all kind of, pays off together in a really satisfying way. I'm not going to say any more, but I'm just going to say if you have Prime Video, it's definitely worth the watch. It's really, really good. I think I may have my old flatmate's Prime account linked. There to you s- go. Linked to <laughs> something. 
And if I, right. can get, if I can get that and lower decks in before they realize I have that password, I'll be happy. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, don't worry. I've got lower decks on here. But it's over to you. So your turn. Uh, I, I get, I'm going to go for the other kind of like high profile one of last year. And I've got I've to give props to Haste of the Dragon. Ah, I actually Most, haven't seen this yet. Tell me more. Yeah, as you know, obvious overview, it's a prequel to the Game of Thrones series. Yeah. I don't know what it is with me and prequels apparently last year. <laughs> rife with them. But it's telling a story of a... It, it's telling basically a history book story that George wrote mm. kind of on the side, uh, outlining parts of the Targaryen. I remember you getting this in the bookshop we worked in. Yeah. Oh, I love, I have it on the shelf next to me. I mm. love that book. I love that man's writing. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's so it's tailing the lineage of, oh, good. The Targaryens? Gravy, what is his name? Jaehaerys was the predecessor. Aegon? Oh, Aegon's his Aegon's his son. Oh okay. God, I gone. Jim nah. Targaryen. Could Jiminy Jim Jim Jim? Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 outlining and the, it's outlining leading up to one of the big notes of the Targaryen history in right. the Blackfire Rebellion, or no, the Dance of the Dragons, Blackfire Rebellion. Yeah, Dance of the Dragons, where there is a succession crisis in the Targaryen lineage where the rightful king names his daughter uh, Rhaenys. I'm terrible with fantasy names. It's okay. There's a gloss. Get yeah. your books. Yeah, no, get the history. This, I this could. is an interactive I, segment. Again, I could get up and just get the glossary of this. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to pull you out uh, a little bit. As someone who I, hasn't seen any of Game of Thrones, I've just read the books. Um, like... How much does this do to kind of bring back the goodwill that I understand the final season of Game of Thrones kind of burned up? Well, actually, that's kind of that's that's really the reason I was bringing it up, because right. it pulls off a magic trick and fully does um, and fully does like almost make you forget about those bad seasons. It's because right. it, it, ha- it, it has that fresh, rich character depth that early Game of Thrones has. You kind of you get that that political drama. You get all of the messiness, and you get the kind of the the the, the obscene amounts of violence. <laughs> um, are, are there any like standout performers or anything? Because the currency oh, is stacked. Yeah, like, no, Matt Smith. Um, Matt Smith smashes it. Just really, really knows how to play a play a real monster character. <laughs> Say, um, oh, Paddy Considine does a fantastic performance hold on i have yeah no you're absolutely right like i Uh, I first discovered him as like one of the andes and hot fuzz and one of the joys of the past like 10 or 15 years has been discovering he's like a really solid character actor who just happens to be very funny you know yeah a lot of you know no and like he does a great job because it's it's also it's a series that takes like across the eight episodes it takes place over the better part of 20 30 years right um, and like a lot of like Matt Smith's character, you see him on episode one, you see him on episode eight. That man has not aged. He comes <laughs> from a different planet, but especially because uh, Paddy Constantine's character uh, ages and deteriorates, gets very ill by the end of the season. Right. Like that by episode seven, that man is melting, <laughs> and, and and Constantine carries that with such weight. 
Um, well, see, that's what I'm intrigued by, and what I'd love to see about it. When it, I don't, I don't have the streaming service on, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but because uh, I've just finished watching I Claudius from the seventies, and that's one that spans about eighty years of time in the show, and I hear that's kind of what the the dragons show is doing too, isn't it? There's yeah. Time and stuff, isn't there? Yeah. No, I think after because. Season one ends on like season one ends on a particularly kind of uh starting point for like a major conflict that's kind of right. soon to come. So I think the times the time jumping is something that's really kind of closed in now. Yes. It was more that they were using in the first season to kind of establish a lot of characters. Um, but particularly younger characters like uh oh god, the names are all escaping me. But the the two daughters that are kind of that the heart of the conflict. Yeah. Um they start off with younger with younger actresses that jump up and both uh like oh the 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 princess who marries Paddy Considine's character I'm talking myself in circles because I can't find the names of the book and her her I'll say her transition of actress was so good I didn't even realize they changed actresses ah, at, okay. the, at the time um the change to, to Emma Darcy uh I know they play Renice uh, in the latter half. Yeah. Was much more distinct because they're just two very distinctly looking people. Yes. <laughs> but again, both both performance, both performances were great. Again, it's a fantastic fantasy show like Game of Thrones. But as I said, the, the real reason I just have to kind of give it such props is because when this launched, I had no interest because I was like, oh, I'm mm. really soured on Game of Thrones. After three weeks of episode, like but the third weekend, everyone was like, no, you got to watch this. And I did, and I'm hooked again. Like, they, they've completely roped me back. Excellent. And I, just, I just think that's an absolute prestige trick. Okay, I may I may do the Better Call Soul trick and start with House of the Dragon and go into Game of Thrones then. Okay, this sounds fun. Again, All yeah, right. no, I'd, I'd say very similar. And actually, more than Better Call Soul, you could watch House of the Dragon and not have an inkling of Game of Thrones because, because it takes place centuries before yes, Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. Like, Excellent. Okay, I'm going to quickly zip through the last uh, 20, 22 picks I have, and obviously I, I'm going to give time for your anime picks. Uh, Man vs. B has been watched five times in this household. Oh my god. If you haven't seen it, just the title says it all. I've never heard such a brilliant elevator pitch as Man vs. B. It's just Rowan <laughs> Atkinson versus a B. You don't need does, any more. Does it carry 10 episodes? It does. Oh my God. Well, now, to be fair, the most of the episodes are 10 minutes long. It's just a film. Cut okay. Up, okay. But, but, but you do get breaks, which is nice, because it'd be hard to watch a whole film of it. But like, if it's like binging it on Netflix, fine. Why not? Uh, absolutely hilarious. I'd recommend that. We've already covered it on the show, but Peacemaker was at the start of the year. That's very and good. I never got around to it. I would recommend it, especially since its success seemingly has reshaped the entire DC universe. Yeah. What no, an I... unlikely chain of events that led hey, to Matt, that. John, John Cena's just got that power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would recommend that. if Even for the soundtrack and the fact it's a James Gunn TV show. Yeah. Like, it's worth your time for the music, if nothing else. Uh, 
I want to also very quickly even just name check the Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel stuff. But would you like to do your anime stuff first? Um, well, to name check my favorite show of last year, it was definitely Star Trek Voyager huh? <laughs> because I watched all eight seasons. But uh, <laughs> that's that's a conversation for another time. Yeah. Uh, no, the one I want to kind of name drop and only technically as 2022 TV uh, is The Owl House on Disney. Okay. Uh just one of the best animated shows, like animated kids TV shows to come out in the past like ages. And it's an app and it's an absolute crying chain that Disney are canning it. Really? Uh, That's very peculiar. There's a lot, like it's a lot of different things. The like the big most prevailing kind of reason why, and the creator's pretty outspoken about it, is that it is a show that leaned very heavily uh, on queer themes. Like, right. Yeah, like it's leading its leading characters are in a gay are in a lesbian romance, and apparently that just ruffled too many feathers. So they not only like can't cut the series short, its third season mm-hmm. isn't a full season and is three 40 minute specials. That's very peculiar. Yeah, I mean it's no. wrong, it's but I'm like, gonna say it's, peculiar. Yeah, no, it's 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 a bad out and on like it that on top of the the, the as I mentioned earlier, the climate of just these major brands mm. like like Disney, like Netflix, like HBO, just cutting animated series mm. for it's little It's been a really reason. bad year for that. I'm not even sure if we covered the headlines of like all of the stuff on streaming that's just vanishing unless you've yeah. already saved a hard copy like. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. Um, yeah, bottom line, uh, buy physical media or steal it because it can vanish. Um, but yeah, no, the Owl House... Like, even with that, though, the show is fantastic. It's it's reclaiming that kind of wizarding world theme of Harry Potter and putting it through a queer lens, but doing something entirely different. It's Oh, it's, I do remember my niece watching this. Yeah, okay, yeah. now it's coming back to me. It's, yeah. it's like, it's, it's one of the alum of... It's one. Of, it's from one of the team that worked on Gravity Falls, Daily Terrace. It looked it, yeah. That's, yeah, like, there's, there's a few... Di- Alex Hirsch is a like who is the showrunner of, Gra- of Gravity Falls mm. is a great place to go for spotlighting if you're looking for good like well produced animated series because he like his team in Gravity Falls spread out after that show ended right and went and made so many just different things. Well, that's uh, just it. You even had like even in the voice cast, you had the likes of like Justin Roiland in as like a supporting actor. Like it's just like bad example. <laughs> I know, I know, bad example this week. But that that one just sprung to mind. Or like yeah. J. Jonah Jameson is in it. Like you know, yeah, he's doing loads of voice work now. I know that's not his name, but you you thought of him quicker. But I said that. Yeah, no, you're totally uh, right. Uh, but no, so the LA show went to Bob's Burgers. Like you know, it's just yeah. it spread outwards from yeah. there. You know, and I would say like you know. Considering that like, we ha- we got the likes of Inside Job, Centaur World, Amphibia, uh, uh, like a load of really really great shows. Owl House, I think, is the cream of that crop. Just so well put together, really well animated, the just super enjoyable characters, and really really funny. And again, even though it's bit it's so bittersweet and upsetting that it's getting cut down, the second of the three specials just came out at the end of last month. Uh, at least the fir- up to the first special is on Disney Plus. The second one should be out not before right. too long. They they actually they put it up on YouTube on the premiere day, so they probably put it up on Disney after that goes down. Right, uh, like officially they put it up on YouTube. Um, 
like they're they're mad like they're taking the time to make these specials actually wrap things up like yeah. things are going to feel rushed but it's doing it satisfying okay and like gravity falls was a two season done thing so that's yeah, the it's even though its reasons are insidious like having it just be short and brilliant yeah might actually help with its legacy you know maybe it, it's, it's one of those things gravity falls was designed to be 40 like 40 episodes for the oh okay actually, oh yeah no that was a show that ended on its own terms i actually I'm surprised because the first season's quite slow yeah. and then everything happens in the second season. Yeah. I assume they're rushing it in. You know, fully, just completely, like, unrelated to mm-hmm. remembering that it was even going to be recording time. I listened to a, I listened to a podcast episode on Gravity Falls on the mm-hmm. way home from work earlier. And, like, it's so many different things. Like, obviously, just, it was so many different reasons on, like, him actually wanting it to be small, concise. The fact that he voiced, like, eight characters and was doing keyframe animation and yeah. show running there's a reason he th- like i think he wants to not be doing this for years yes <laughs> but like that's gravity gravity falls ended on its own terms um and i'm just i think i'm upset to see that lhs didn't get to didn't get that chance but like that's it's another one i'd say like puss and boots we mentioned earlier that anyone like it is an all family ages thing i think the same holds true for the owl house it's got enough like very similar to like avatar the last airbender right where it doesn't talk like it's very it's completely suitable for kids of all ages and doesn't talk down to them. right it's not a kids show yeah like like, you know, like i you can't like, see me doing air quotes in, yeah on the radio <laughs> like it's 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 like amphibia is another show by another one of the creatives on gravity balls that came out another time they're kind of they're, yes, they're I almost, keith recommended it when he was on yeah yeah it's really good they're kind of almost sister shows amphibia i feel like has moments where it is kind of talking down and it's like it's kind of trying to moralize things and it's it's good at it like but there was moments where I'm like I am an adult man watching a children's TV show. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! But Gravity Falls or uh, uh, the Owl House has just yeah. none of that. Um, it it's a spectacular show, highly recommended. Uh, I think Prim and Love. Excellent. Okay, well, that's one way to get me watch anything. Now, I will very briefly cover the big franchise stuff because it's all stuff we've probably covered in agonizing detail throughout the year. But it's been a very, oddly, a quietly very good year for Star Trek since you brought up Star Trek Voyager. Uh, Strange New Worlds was class. That was really, really good. Mm. Picard's second season, it had some ups and downs, but it was overall much stronger than its first season. Lower Deck Series 3 is still consistently good. Uh, I Again, I think I'm me and probably your dad are the only people who saw it, but Discovery Series 4 uh, was <laughs> the strongest so far. Yeah, no, that's ex- nail on the head. You and my dad. What, <laughs> Can we do these... a new podcast? <laughs> no, you'd hate it. It'd be awful. <laughs> one, one of these days I will watch all of this. I'm trying to... I, I'm on Deep Space Nine, though. I'll right. get there. I would recommend to you, though, I haven't covered it yet, Star Trek Prodigy is a direct sequel to Voyager. You so were telling me about that. If yeah. If you watched it, like Janeway and Chakotay are big characters in it. Oh, I'm always happy to see you can yeah. You can watch that. It's, that will be another really good example of, like you were saying, it's technically a kid's show on Nickelodeon, but it's not written down to kids. It's just like really, really well done. I would recommend that one very highly, even if you're not mm. a Star Trek-y person. I'm going to cover the Star Wars stuff super briefly, because if I start talking about it too much, uh, Daryl... He will come. He will... Yes. That plane from Paris will land, and he will get on yes. this call. 
Uh, I will just name check the fact that uh, there were three Star Wars shows uh, by my count this year, which were the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, the animated Tales of the Jedi, which was surprisingly good, and Andor, which we've said enough about. I will not have the last word on that. I'm just, I loved it, but we will not get into that. I have not watched it. <laughs> it's very good. It's. I'll get to it. The it's... most surprising thing about it was how much it was leaning on vaguely British Irish parallels to illustrate the empire and the rebellion, which I found surprising. And then other stuff about colonization and stuff. But yeah, it's a very heady show, which I would say is a nice move for Star Wars, even if it's mm. not your thing. I'm going to very quick, quickly name check Marvel as well, which had five TV shows this year. Oh, You've probably God. forgotten at least one of them, which was... Actually, go on, Kev. We'll make this a test. Oh, can you name okay. five? Now, in fairness, two of them are specials. But can you name oh. the five TV Marvel things? Oh, year? yeah, with the specials. Uh, uh, oh, the uh, Night of a Werewolf. Oh, God. That's it, yeah. That's yeah. one. Night of the Werewolf, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. Uh, the British Museum. You know, I never finished Moon Knight. It, it, is, it is the only... Somehow, that is the only one I never actually finished. Really? The horror I, one of all things? I, I don't know. I don't know. It just it just lost me. Um, that's four. What, what one am I missing? Uh, the Guardian special. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. fine. We've we covered all that already. I just wanted to name check for historical purposes in case it all gets deleted off the internet. Of course, uh, yeah. And Doctor Who had a grand total of two episodes, which were fairly decent. <laughs> and obviously, we've covered that in great detail yeah. in other places. Uh, now, how much time do we have left, Kev? we got seven minutes. I can, I can spitball kind of anime, because actually it was... You've got anime it, or Fire Emblem. You get to pick one. I'll go anime. I think cool. like I think Fire Emblem's a big topic. I will, I'll play more of we will do that get next week. Yeah. I apologize. We do try to have plans, but sometimes we get distracted by shiny things. So, uh, so no, uh, I'll, I'll spitball anime because I did. I shotgunned a lot of like the last year, like the best of last year's anime. In like the in in the four week span, I was living in various bedrooms. Um, <laughs> So I think the 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 highlight, the the absolute favorite from last year, uh, it has got to be Spy Family. Uh, I, we just actually finished the finale before we started recording. Yeah, yes. uh, it's the the whole premise is very Cold War Europe, like fantasy, like fictional Cold War Europe between two nations. Uh, but also very like 60s style still. Yeah. So we have a we have a super spy master of disguise who has to infiltrate a like head of state. And the only way to do that is by faking a family and getting the kid to join a school. <laughs> so the kid he picks up, uh, turns out he doesn't know this, is a psychic and also the stupidest person on the planet. And <laughs> <laughs> um, who immediately clocks that he's a spy because she's a psychic. And has, says nothing because she thinks that's just the coolest thing in the world. That's very and sweet. In an effort to find a wife, he ends up having a meet cute with this really nice, really pretty girl called Yor. Turns out she is a master assassin. Totally murders <laughs> people for money. Uh, and again, same again, kid clocks that immediately, doesn't say anything because that's super sick. <laughs> yes. Um, and I it's really, just, yeah. It's, sorry, go on, sorry. It's just the hijinks of watching these three characters navigate their way through their like secret lives mm. while also trying to keep up appearances. 
like it's it's just a treat to watch. It's it's got enough like kind of hearty action to keep like the shonen fans happy, but the heart the core of it is just the character dynamics and the comedy that that gives. Yeah, it's it's a very because like you hear the premise of spy action stuff and you think it's gonna be one thing, but it's an incredibly sweet kind of family like will they won't they type rom-com type thing too like uh we watched the last two or three episodes just before recording me and my wife and my three-year-old who loves it loves it to death absolutely is besotted with the pink-haired character and it. it's one of those shows that i'm not sure if it's appropriate for kids but it speaks to ours but hey they'll they'll love it <laughs> yeah and even i was one over before i even started watching because the episode titles are all the mission statements from a spy's point of view so episode two has my favorite name for anything, which is series one, episode two, secure a wife. <laughs> and you know what? He doesn't. <laughs> and like other episodes are like a very matter of fact, show off how in love you are. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a treat. And definitely one, I, I watched it all the way through Japanese. And then when I eventually uh, got time with my fiance over the past couple of weeks, I sat her down and got her to watch it in English. So right, yeah. it's one of those ones where both honestly are like, you don't have a bad option in either. Yeah. Uh, okay. We got, we only got a couple of minutes. So Spitfire. Sure, in. sure, sure. Bochi the Rock is a fantastic music anime about a bunch of teenage girls joining a band. The, a, but the premise is the main, the lead guitar player and the main character has the most crippling social anxiety of anyone on the planet. <laughs> but she's also incredibly talented. And it's again, comedy gold. From there on out, really lighthearted, really, really fun. Um, oh, God, why do I not have this much time? I'm surprised uh, okay. you didn't Chainsaw Man yet. That's, hey, yeah, what, hey, Kian, we're, we're stuck for time. Because <laughs> the other two, we're going to be Chainsaw Man and Mob Psycho 100. Ah, so we got, okay, okay, three minutes. We got, okay, Mob Psycho, one of, uh, like, Frank, like, I know for a fact, one of our two, like, favorite shows. Yes, Oh, the past while Mob Psycho season three wraps up the show. Uh, Mob Psycho is done. Yeah. The third season finalizes it, but it's also almost four separate little stories yeah. in a 12 episode series, each of which are gorgeously animated and really just bring to a close this emotional arc of Mob coming to accept himself and the doomsday-like power he has inside of him <laughs> and not fearing that but also not using that to take advantage of the world it's yes. a beautiful ending um i definitely like a, a show i can only recommend i can't recommend highly enough uh just on like animation and story quality and then there's chainsaw man and chainsaw man rules and uh cha- oh god chainsaw man's a funny one I love the manga for Chainsaw Man so, so deeply. It's them. Oh, you're reading it. I'm getting them out of the library because you recommended it. Oh, brilliant. It's like, it's fully reshaped. Like for me, it reshapes what you can do with a comic. Mm. And with that, like, with that format. And like Tatsuki Fujimoto's art style is, it's rough, it's sketchy, but it's gorgeous. And it's, it's so well detailed. And his faces, I've never seen a character display such emotion in so many, like in, in so many panels, especially when they're getting kicked in the crotch. <laughs> it's a thing of 
true joy. And so the series does a great, like does a fantastic job of adapting that. But it's always that transition from like one media to the next where you have to lose parts of what makes the comic great. Mm. And then, and then add to that what can make an animated series great. And the time that's well, like the problem with Chainsaw Man is the first season only covers up to the point where the plot really starts. Right. Like there's there's great moments in that show. It is a fantastically well made show, and like they went to like as much as we could probably talk about. Hey, the studio that made it, Mappa, is almost a sweatshop for animators it's with worker abuse uh at least it feels like the the team behind it chainsaw man actually cared about making making little scenes that weren't even in the manga to kind of enrich the characters uh and going so far as animating distinct uh distinct ending sequences for each episode with with new with different recording artists right um it's a great series but i think i i will always recommend people to read chainsaw man than to watch it okay all but right like well, if, if you want to watch like obviously go watch it if if that's what you want to do mm. uh like it's it's not a bad watch i just think the manga is better and there's more of it uh, but that is we are at time <laughs> ending on Chainsaw Man seems like appropriate yes yeah we apologize we didn't get to do our dueling Fire Emblem reviews uh, one of these days one of these one days, of these days. Uh, but Kev is there anything you want to say before we wrap uh, no no uh, you can follow me at KevTalica94 that's really just I don't tweet much but I retweet some funny stuff that's that's mine <laughs> uh, you can't find me anywhere I'm a ghost uh, no, no, that's I, right. <laughs> I, somet- I write for Geek Ireland a fair bit, and uh, I'm going to be reviewing probably the Picard series, the new season, which comes out in two or three weeks. So we'll see how that all goes. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's been an absolute blast covering all the TV. And like with last week, actually, it's it's really nice just to cover even the headlines because it makes me realize how much nice things we've had in the last yeah. year. So thank you very much for that, Kev. And uh, and of course we're talking about Puss and Boots, which will always put me in a good mood. Always, always a good time. Uh, always a good time. So until next time, I've been Kean. I've been Kev. And we've been in Meath. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. New Grange. Oh, this is worth it. We do work and I, I, I. She says I'm not romantic. I say she's too dramatic. Alright, so you're listening to the podcast, you're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland, how do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on nerdthnowmedia.com or phoenix92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Media everywhere. Media on Twitter. Media Instagram. Media on Twitch. Media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 